The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. It is the third hour of Saturday's edition of Pure Opelka, a brand new show. Thank you for being here. We have covered much today. And we still have much to cover before the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Jeff Fisher, arrives on the scene. And he will. I understand he's in the building. I don't know what he's up to, but I understand he is in the building. The one, the only, Jeff, he's in the building. And we're all still here. Yesterday, by the way, I tweeted out something that I think uh, you might appreciate. And it was the handy-dandy government tips for surviving a nuclear blast. (laughs) I don't think we're going to need them, but uh, you might want to educate yourself and see what the government does offer in terms of advice on being ready for just about anything, because they've got everything, Zika, uh, tornadoes, hurricanes, and I advocate for being ready. I think you should have food, water, lead, cash, metals, and maybe even an alternate source of energy, just to, just to be able to survive a little bit. And um, do you guys remember we talked about being prepared and learning how to be prepared? I grew up in, in Chicago, not exactly a place where everybody goes out camping all the time. I grew up on the south side of Chicago, and then my family moved to the near north suburbs. We're kind of like a, a page out of an episode of The Wonder Years, suburbia at its best. There was no roughing it. If we slept outside, it was either because uh, it was too late to get in and wake mom and we were sleeping in the car, or we were little kids and we slept in a tent outside in the backyard. There was no, no real knowledge. So My education to survival came during some ROTC courses in college where you learned how to deal with life outdoors with minimal creature comforts. And then I followed it up with uh, a television show called Fat Guys in the Woods. And if you haven't seen it, it's out there somewhere. It no longer exists. But it was one of the more eye-opening adventures on television that taught me Simple things that you need to know, that you need to have in your quiver, arrows that you need if you're going to survive when it happens. Because it isn't a matter of if, but it is a matter of when. So I do recommend that you educate yourself to how to make fire, how to find water, how to get food, and how to build shelter. If you can get those four skills and put them in your in your uh, trick bag, you're going to be ready for anything. And you may never use them. I hope you never do. It's kind of like having having the firearm. You never want to have to use it. But if you do, you want to be ready. And so I, I am ready. I'm happy to be ready. Just a little bit of uh, me preaching on a Saturday morning. Do you have a small supply couple of three days of food and water and maybe medicine and maybe an extra pair of glasses if you need your glasses to read and drive and do things like that 
Wouldn't be a bad idea. And you don't have to do it all at once, because I know all of us are saying, yes, there's that survey that says 40% of Americans are a $500 emergency away from not being able to pay their rent. Yeah, we understand that. So do it a little bit at a time. 10 bucks here in the back of the drawer. Add another 10 next week. It's, uh, it does add up. It does make it happen. Just try and be prepared. And if you really want to learn about food, water, shelter, and fire and how to make that happen, find the old show, Fat Guys in the Woods. Find my buddy Creek Stewart and see what he's up to. Because his lessons, are, it look, if a schmagaggy like me can, can learn from that show, and yes, I did have a little help from Creek directly, it, anybody can. I didn't have the upbringing like Jeffy's kids are having where they're, they're all Boy Scouts. Our Cub Scout troop was disbanded for bad behavior. But that's a story for another day. Oh, we got to get into this discussion. I'm happy about football season coming up. I'm very happy about the uh, NFL coming back. I'm a big fan of watching it. Last year, I kind of was turned off by, by the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. And on top of Colin Kaepernick, I was ticked off um, because the Chicago Bears were in yet another season where they stunk. And each weekend, all my Green Bay Packer fans who are friends would just destroy me. And so I, I read the story today about what the NFL has done with uh, Ezekiel Elliott. And I think, wow, this is kind of interesting. Former Ohio State star now running, uh, running back with the Dallas Cowboys. is going to have to sit out six games. And uh, all, all based on something that did not have a criminal component behind it. He was not charged with a crime. There were allegations of domestic abuse, but he has now been suspended. He put out a statement yesterday. I am both surprised and disappointed by the NFL's decision today, and I strongly disagree with the league's findings. I recognize the distraction and disruption that all of this has caused my family, friends, teammates, the Dallas Cowboys organization, as well as my fans, and for that I am sincerely sorry. I admit that I am far from perfect, but I plan to continue to work very hard on and off the field to mature and earn the great opportunity I have been given. That sounds pretty, pretty honest and contrite. It was liked 46,000 times on Twitter. It was forwarded 19,000 times. There are nearly 2,000 comments on this. But I want to know, and I, that's why I posted the vital question today, just now, that I, I'm curious about this. Where do you stand on this? And you don't have to be a Dallas Cowboys fan to understand what I'm talking about. You don't have to be a Chicago Bears fan to be tortured, although we are. So I asked the question, does the NFL have the right to suspend Mr. Elliott for something police did not charge him with? And I realized my grammar is horrible. 
Currently, 20 or 44% of you say, yes, absolutely they do. 19% of you say no. Almost 10% of you can't make up your minds. And 28% of you say what I think a, a giant chunk of the public will say. I hate the Cowboys, meaning anything that keeps a talented player off the field is good for you. Kind of an interesting thought. But is there more to this story? Do you want to join the conversation? 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. I think this is an interesting one. We've seen different cases in the past where athletes have been charged with violating the code of conduct or team rules, league rules, and they have suffered suspensions. Now, things like drugs... And criminal behavior, that's easy. If you're convicted of a crime, if you are found to, to have violated the drug policy of a, of a league or a team, that seems to be pretty easy. You can be suspended, you can be booted, you can break your contract. But in this case where a guy was charged with something, and after the investigation, the league apparently found cause to do this because... You know, the money involved, they're not, going to, they're not going to do things without great energy or great proof, great evidence. They're not going to do things without researching it completely, investigating it thoroughly. So where do you stand? Does the league have the right? See, I tend to, I tend to look at this the way we look at the military, that it's, it's not society. It's a different situation. It's a private operation. The military is its own world. And therefore, the military has different rules than the rest of society. And I think professional sports are the same thing, especially professional team sports. If you are part of a team, you have an obligation to the team. If you are someone who is part of a team that's part of the league, you have an obligation to the league. So I would think that it is incumbent upon you when you sign your contract to fully research the rules of the league, the rules of the team, whatever has been set out to say, okay, you won the lottery. You're one of the few people who is talented enough, smart enough, healthy enough to be in the NFL. And the odds on, on going from high school star to college star to NFL player are just massive. You, you have a better chance of, of winning the Mega Millions or Powerball, which apparently somebody won the Mega Millions last night. Better chance of doing that than making it into the NFL and being a star. So when you finally get there and you sign that contract and you make yourself available to both make all that money and be held up as an example because let's face it you are anybody who says i'm not a role model no you are that's part of being in that league you're an elite athlete in a very elite and special opportunity so you have an obligation i believe the nfl and the cowboys have the right to suspend a player for violating that code of conduct, even though the police have not charged that person with a crime. 
They didn't do just some random investigation. Uh, the word is that they looked at a thousand, more than a thousand text messages. They interviewed dozens of witnesses. I believe the league has a right. Now, 23% of you say no. Love to hear from some of you. If you have time, if you're not driving on the road today, if you, if you can get on the horn, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. Even if you just want to trash the Cowboys, that's fine with me. I, as a matter of fact, I appreciate a good trashing of the Cowboys, especially as a Bear fan who looks ahead and sees the season is probably going to be as bad this year as it was last year for us. We, we haven't got a defense yet. So it's just going to be score at will. I know, off topic. But if you want to join the conversation on that, if not, we'll move on. You know my opinion. I think the league is well within its rights. I think Mr. Elliott realizes that. Otherwise, there would be a legal challenge. And uh, it's going to be an expensive problem for him. But he's also a very talented guy. Currently, 37% of you agree with me, 23% say no, 11% can't decide, and 29% of you are just happy for the opportunity to say, I hate the Cowboys. And with that, we'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. You know, we we talked about a lot of different topics today. I, I didn't get into the the Google employee, James Damore, is it? Is that his name? Interesting that this guy wrote this 11-page statement questioning the company's policies and procedures, and he ends up being fired. He ends up being out of a job, but he also ends up probably getting another job. I think uh, probably ends up having a great book, and he may not need another job. <laughs> I'm just saying. So we'll we'll keep an eye on uh, Mr. Daymore. I know Glenn would like to talk to him and has obviously put out a... Uh, a statement hoping hoping to get him on his show. And I'd love to see that conversation. I will tell you, honestly, quite directly, I, I feel like the Blaze is a place where you can actually have a, a dialogue, a Socratic dialogue, an exchange of ideas and information with the people at the top and, and not worry about your, your position as long as you're doing your job. You're allowed to have different opinions. There are different opinions all over the place. Uh, and, and I've been here at the Blaze. I'm in my seventh year. I think I was employee number six, maybe employee number seven. But I understand that uh, not every company operates that way. I understand that there are cultures that would ostracize you. I would bet Facebook has some of the same problems. We spent uh, a few hours at the Facebook mothership when uh, 
when Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg sat down with a bunch of people from the conservative world to say, we're not against you. Remember that when they freaked out because we all realized they were they were rigging the system. They were tweaking their their analytics to prevent conservative messages from being treated the same way as liberal messaging was on Facebook. And as we walked around that place, and, and before we actually went to Facebook's building, a few of us had lunch with some movers and shakers from Silicon Valley. A small group of us sat at a trendy restaurant just around the corner from Facebook and had, uh, I'm sure it was all gluten-free food. But uh, we had some trendy little offerings and we were talking. And one of the things that came up from the group was that there, there's virtually no representation of conservatism in Silicon Valley. Zero. It's pretty much into, if it does exist, it exists in single digit percentages. And they don't hide that, which is amazing. And this is one of the things that that Glenn has talked about for years and that eventually the mask will come off. The left will drop the radical pose to achieve the radical means, I believe was the expression. And I think we're starting to see that now. Here's something I thought was fascinating from uh, an interview with the fired Google employee talking about the bias inside the company. Yeah, so... You can openly shame white people or all men, and we do this in our company-wide meetings. So, yeah, there's definitely a bias towards a certain uh, movements. Like we had a whole TGIF that was for the Black Lives Matter movement. So Google, arguably one of the most powerful companies on the face of the earth, had a built-in bias that nobody really hid. Because let's face it, you're in a safe space when you're in Google. You can be as liberal, as progressive, as anti-white as you want to be. That statement is chilling. And I don't see why this guy would have any reason to say anything other than the truth. Here's Damore's comment again. Yeah, so you can openly shame white people or all men and we do this in our company-wide meetings so yeah there's definitely a bias towards a certain uh movements like we had a whole tgif that was for the black lives matter movement we had a whole tgif that was for the black lives matter movement does anyone feel when the one of the most powerful companies in the world decides that white Males are the enemy. Does anyone feel threatened? I certainly do. I absolutely feel threatened. And I think, I think if this had been the other way around and Obama were in office, there'd be DOJ investigations into the practices of this company. Why isn't it happening now? I want to know. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. 
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka Saturday morning. All new programming as we are here in the uh, third hour of Pure Opelka, getting ready as we do each each week for the Jeff Fisher show, which follows this show. It's kind of the pre-show to the Jeff Fisher show, and I into what you're going to see. I can't give away too many secrets today because Jeffy, Jeffy reportedly uh, frolicking in the building with one Doc Thompson. Now, what Doc Thompson is doing in the building on a Saturday, I have no idea. I, I can only believe it's, it's either some sort of interior decorating of his office slash uh, study room or um, it, it's, it's something something that needs to be investigated. A couple of vital questions that are currently on the block right now as we speak about the North Korean situation. Who pulls the trigger first? Uh, there are just three hours left on this one, and currently 9% of you think we do. 31% think North Korea does. And this is what encourages me. 52% of you think neither. It de-escalates. So a majority of us who are polled on this Twitter poll believe that the North Korean situation de-escalates. And based on what we're seeing in terms of our, our military footing, as they say, I don't think we are preparing to do anything or we are expecting anything rash. And those, those are just uh, my opinions based on wh- what we're not seeing happen. You know, you're not seeing the American uh, State Department telling everybody to get the hell out of Guam. If that happened, or if, or if we told our people in South Korea, you know, it would be a good time to come home, then I would say we're probably concerned. We're also not seeing any more reports of movements of heavy military equipment on the North Korean side of things. So that lets me know that maybe some of the Trump rhetoric is uh, is hitting home with Kim Jong-un. So that's, that's my comforting thought for this morning. Now, the discomforting, the uncomfortable thoughts this morning are about Charlottesville, where we had a bunch of white nationalists acting like idiots last night, and now there's going to be this big march or rally today by people who want to divide us more. And I recognize your right to march and complain, but I don't recognize your right to try and get this country to tear apart at the seams. If you're not helping, you are hurting. And that's kind of what this feels like. So to be standing around a statue of Thomas Jefferson chanting White Lives Matter with a bunch of torches, uh, not helping. You're inflaming. So if you're a part of that, uh, shame on you. Seriously. Jack wagons. Um, Also, I did post a vital question at the top of this hour. And uh, I think everybody seems to be in agreement on this. It's about the suspension of Ezekiel Elliott for something there has been no criminal charge levied against him. There has been uh, innuendo and rumor and stories. And so Elliott's suspension by the league, by the team, 
gets a uh, 46% yes, it's okay for the league to do that. Yes, you agree. And I agree. It's a private business. You should be able to do it. 25% of you say, no, they can't do that. 8% of you cannot decide. And a full 23% of you, and I think there might actually be more to that, a full 23% of you just hate the Cowboys. And I can, I can be okay with that. I, I can absolutely be okay with the fact that you hate the Cowboys. Because as somebody who is a Chicago Bears fan forever and ever and ever, who had to endure living in Texas during the years when the Cowboys could walk on water without getting their cuffs wet, uh, I'm okay with a little bit of uh, a little bit of tilting of the scales against the. the is that wrong of me to be that upset about the Dallas Cowboys? Some people say so. Look, the the Bears are going to stink this year, and I know I'm just going to have to deal with it. All right. Uh, I have another moral dilemma to throw your way. Another uh, another story, but before I get to that. Um, Rich in White Plains wants to discuss the president's domestic policy. Good morning, Rich. Um, Were we talking about the president's domestic policy this morning? Was there something I missed? Actually, actually, Mike, good morning. And um, I, you know, I was going to talk about that. But, you know, you just said something that um, I, you know, I I just can't believe. And I'm I'm kind of a, you know, uh, you must be confused. The, the, the liberal left wants to continue their agenda of dismantling our history by tearing down the statues of Jefferson Davis and anybody who wants to um, uh, peacefully protest that are, are wrong, or, or in your words, jack wagons. Am I hearing that correctly? No, I wasn't talking about a peaceful protest. There were violent uh, acts last night. Well, well and if you're if you're cha- well, you, Rich, you know, if you're I'm, chanting I'm sorry, Mike, "White Lives Matter," you're you're wrong. If you're chanting "White Lives Matter" and holding torches, and you're in the South, you're a jack wagon. Well, well, well. Then let's let's expect. How do you feel about people? Who I personally I fly the con- the uh, Confederate battle flag at my house along with the American flag. How do you feel about people who w- want to peace- peacefully protest um, uh, things like that, flying the the, the uh, Confederate battle flag and uh, uh, and letting the liberal left tear down statues of Jefferson Davis? Well, uh, why, first of all, why do you fly the Confederate battle flag? It's it's my protest flag. I flew the flag the day. Nikki Haley made that useless gesture of taking down the flag um, at the at the South Carolina Capitol, which was just another one of um, another useless gesture. You know, you referenced rhetoric from from Trump. That's this country is so full of rhetoric. Okay, we don't do anything anymore. Everything is a parade, a gesture, uh, a symbolic uh, whatever, and and what she did had absolutely no effect on it didn't save one single black life okay no no now hypothetical situations only get hypothetical answers so you've just brought up a hypothetical situation or a a a statement that you made that says she didn't save one black life 
Now, how do you come about that answer, uh, that conclusion? Well, show me, show me how she did. No, you can't. You, but see, you have to show me how she didn't. How do you, how do you say that? Maybe she stopped a riot from breaking out. Maybe she prevented an argument. And by the way, the protesters last night were at the base of a statue of Thomas Jefferson, not Jefferson Davis. It's a big difference, isn't it? To stand around a statue of Thomas Jefferson chanting White Lives Matter is a little incendiary. Well, they want to tear down a statue of Thomas Jefferson? Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. This is where this, this group gathered. This group of white nationalists, white supremacists carrying torches through the University of, of Virginia encircling the statue of Thomas Jefferson, the founder of that esteemed university, chanting, White Lives Matter, you will not replace us. Jews will not replace us. You want to tell me these people aren't jack wagons? Go why ahead, they, join them, Rich. Protesting? Why are they protesting? Well, it doesn't matter. That okay, message is... Right, no, wait, Rich. Wait, no, you stop. Put them on hold. You don't get to make, you don't get to talk over me. If you're going to call up and call me out for telling a, that a bunch of people who are standing around Thomas Jefferson's statue chanting, white lives matter, Jews will not replace us, you will not replace us. I call them jack wagons. I wish I were on satellite radio so I could call them much worse. That's not right. That's absolutely not right. And I'm, I'm sorry uh, if, if you want to fly the Confederate flag out in, in your yard in New York. I, it's, it's your right to be as stupid as you want to be. But you're only doing it to try and cause trouble. And I don't think that's how we have a positive solutions. I happen to think what Nikki Haley did. I happen to believe what Nikki Haley did in in south carolina was a reasonable compromise she didn't destroy it she moved the flag now everybody's got an opinion on this that happens to be mine i i don't believe we ought to be shoving the confederate battle flag in the face of people who don't like it it's not gracious and it's not weak to move it and put it into a historic place where people can say, we're not erasing history, we are maintaining history and protecting history. I'm looking at the pictures from the Virginia protests. I'm looking at pictures. There actually are people wearing those idiotic white robes and the pointy white hats. This kind of stupidity still exists in the world today. And I'm not going to be endorsing it or allowing anyone to endorse it on this show. White lives matter. You will not replace us. Jews will not replace us. Several hundred people chanting that last night. Stop it. Those are, in fact, jack wagons and much worse. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We are almost out of here, and there's so many things I did not get to today. Uh, I want to make sure I get everybody in I can. Charlie in Oklahoma, quick comment on uh, the Elliott situation with the Cowboys in football. Welcome to the show, sir. Uh, good morning there, Michael. We're just driving on down here to Houston. Beautiful out here. Wish you could see it. I know we're Me too. for time, so I'll be, I'll be real quick. And Thank you. My, uh, my wife is sitting here next to me. She'll be here at It's her. Uh, we're um, just a, a real quick comment, sir. Um, I'm actually, even though I'm, I live in Oklahoma, I'm actually from Baltimore. I used to be a, the world's biggest Ravens fan. And uh, the one thing I'll, I'll say about the NFL, unfortunately, and this goes back to really kind of the, the Ray Rice incident, if you look at uh, what happened with him with uh, the horrible domestic abuse assault, and they were initially going to slap him with just a couple games suspension, and then, of course, you know, the, the tape came out, and then now no one will touch him with a 35-foot uh, pole. Um, as far as what the league has the right to do to this individual, I, I first admit I don't know all the details of it. The, the first time of me learning of it is honestly listening to you, good sir. Um, if the league has some kind of a morality clause or something in, it in their in their private contract, then yes, I would say they absolutely have the right to suspend this guy. Um, but if you look at the way the NFL has gone recently in the last couple of years with all this awareness of uh, domestic violence, trying to cater to women, uh, and one reason why I don't watch I've sworn up and down I'm done with the NFL for a while. If you look at the commercials for the most recent Super Bowl, just how politically correct and SJW approved so many of them were, they have gone, they're outright catering to the other side. So I have, it, it does not frankly surprise me in the slightest, even though there was no conviction or even a formal charge, that they're being proactive on this guy, especially given the way they pardon me using the expression that fumbled the football with Ray Rice. I see what you did there. I see what you did there, Charlie. And what's your wife's first name? Christina. Hi, Christina and Charlie. And I'm about out of time, but I, A, I appreciate you for being there. Drive safely. I miss Texas like a, like a front tooth. And if you're, if you're going down from Austin and heading over to Houston via that route, Cut off through Round Top and stop by and see our friends, the Junk Gypsies, who are there in uh, the Round Top area. And it's a beautiful ride through that part of the country. I miss it. But you bring up great points about it. I'm, uh, I'm still with the NFL only because I hold out eternal hope that the Bears might somehow come back and build a team again in my lifetime. But I don't know. I have to get out of here today. I appreciate all of you for joining us. Jeff Fisher is waiting in the wings Monday at noon when we get back. We're going to talk about everything that happened in the news, plus the grandmother who had her granddaughter visit for a few weeks in the summer, as she has done from years and years, but she sent back an invoice this year, an invoice for hanging out with grandma. Plus, the 16-year-old who's running for governor in a state in flyover country. Uh, Yeah, he's a Democrat, but he just might have a chance to win. I know, it sounds crazy, but yet it's true. We've got a lot to cover. Go and join me on Twitter at StuntBrain and participate in the polls. Take care of uh, business this weekend. Take care of your family, your friends. 
Don't sweat too much about North Korea. I think uh, we're going to defuse it. Jeff Fisher, Waiting in the Wings, is next. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.